0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again and I guess you must be gutted after Monday's result. Morning. Um, Yeah, like, like you wouldn't believe really. Um,
1: another way to lose a game of football that would have been worse than, than what happened on Monday, really, when you when you think about it. Um, I, I would have much rather gone down to Wembley and been played off the park and beaten four 0 by by a great Sheffield Wednesday performance. Um, I, I thought I thought it was an even first half. Obviously, there's two big refereeing decisions in the second half. Uh, both went against us. Um, I think I, I can see why the ref would give us a red card, and I can see why the ref would miss the penalty shout. I just think that's why VAR's there, you know. They they're there to look at alternative angles and, and things that referees miss. Um and should have stepped in to change both, but but if not, definitely change at least one of them. Um but having said that, you know, I thought we were the better side in the second half, even with ten men. I thought we played really well. Um we started to struggle and get cut open a bit in extra time, but you know, we played seventy minutes with ten men and and never stopped. So that that was always gonna happen. Um I'll try and not ramble too much, but Two sort of final thoughts that I've, I've got from the game, really. Firstly, I thought Sheffield Wednesday were just there for the taking. Um, the longer that game went on, they, they tired. Uh, they, they offered little. In extra time, it were the Wednesday players going down with cramp, despite Barnsley only having 10 men. Uh, they were slowing the game down a lot and, and sort of picking the moments when to try and have a go at us. And I just think that if Barnsley had got 11 men, I think there's only one winner of that game. Um, but, but lastly, like I just can't sort of express how proud I am uh, of my football team. Um, everything we against Barnsley on, on Monday, we were outnumbered 2-1 to one in the stands, uh, we were down to 10 on the pitch, obviously early in the second half, didn't get the rubber of the green with the decisions, um, but kept going. And I don't think it really matters what standard of football you watch, Premier League down to National League, whatever. Um, the dream scenario for any fan is to see players having the same amount of pride and passion and fight as what the fans show. And, and if you get that, then you're in dreamland, I think. And that's exactly what I got on Monday. Um, I can't fault any single player that wore a red shirt on Monday on that pitch at Wembley. I thought they were excellent. Uh, They did not deserve the ending that they got. And um, unfortunately, it does mean another season in League One for me. Um, And and a a summer desperately trying to keep together as many pieces of this Barza team as possible. And that starts with Michael Duff, the manager, uh, absolute number one priority. He, he just cannot be allowed to leave this football club. And if he doesn't, then I, I genuinely believe we'll win the league next year, even if we do lose one or two players. Um, but yeah, I'm incredibly sad, gutted, but at the same time, like, immensely proud of my football team and what they did on, on Monday. So, yeah. yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah. I'm off. See you you've later.
0: Got, you've got to be proud, really, haven't you? I mean, as, even in defeat, it's a lot of positives to take. And me and Jamie were watching it as neutrals. And I guess, Jamie, you would have been just as gutted, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, firstly, commiserations to to Barnsley and, and Craig. Obviously, just a horrible way to to lose a football match. You know, with the last, almost the last kick of the game in extra time. You know, and he was right that I thought they played so well for a team that did have uh, ten men, and and yeah, it was obviously a very difficult circumstances, um, and it was just an absolutely gutting way to lose. I mean, you know, it's been nice to kind of. Have, as a Spurs fan nice to kind of have another team to follow a little bit and, and kind of wanting them to do well um, but uh, yeah unfortunately more disappointment um, on, on that front um, but yeah obviously as a, as a Spurs fan nice little wins of the season uh, with that win but uh, yeah I can't say the same about being proud about my football team at the moment um, been a horrible season obviously managerial search is, is not looking good at the moment I'm sure we'll get onto that uh, later on in the show but uh, yeah um, I'm very glad that the, the football season season is over um, being a Spurs fan.
0: Me too but that's all the intros out of the way let's get down to business and of course before we start wherever you bet check first with freebets.com your best place for offers tips and insights. and from a social media point of view if you're placing any bets this weekend let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag and who knows we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? We're actually going to go straight to the Europa League final as Sevilla take on Roma this evening. Craig, you were binging up Sevilla's prospects only recently, but are you backing them for a seventh success in the competition? A 90-minute win its currently priced at 7-4. to four. Yeah,
1: it's sort of a clash between two teams who you, you like, really, for a, a similar reason. Um, Sevilla have been there and done it all before. This is their competition as such. Um, but then you look at Roma and Jose Mourinho being there and done it all before and, and I think although Jose Mourinho has, has now got his flaws as a coach I do still think he's a great sort of one-off game coach if if that makes sense. I think he's good, good for those one-off games where you need to sort of plan specifically for your opponent and the occasion. Um, the bookmakers are, are struggling to split these teams and, and so am I. You know the, the betting market shows it; just under two to ones available. For all three outcomes of the game, both teams to win or the draw after 90 minutes. Um, at the weekend, we saw three playoff finals go past 90 minutes. And I think this game is going to do exactly the same, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't call the playoff finals cautious, but I do think this game will be cautious. And I think teams are going to think about not losing first rather than actually trying to win the game. Um, so I'll kick off with a 90-minute draw, which will be 19-10 to 10 in price. And that's my sort of main bet on the game. But to go a step further, I'm going to use a market that Jamie used the other day because I think this is prime for it, and that's for the game to be decided on penalties. Um, seven to two, one offer here. Jamie nailed that with the Championship playoff, and I'm hoping to do the same with this one. And I just think this is uh, a game that could well go the distance.
0: Now, Jamie, Jose Mourinho delivered European success with Roman last season in the Europa Conference League. The additional prize was entry to this competition. Can he take the next step to the Champions League with a regulation time win, odds of 15 to eight?
2: Yeah, well, look if you, you look at the way his Roma team played in that uh, semi-final against Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, not a single shot on target. It was very much trying to get the job done. Obviously, they got the win in the first leg and, and kind of holding on for what they had. And um, I think they're going to come here with a very similar approach and they're going to make it very difficult for Sevier to try and break them down. So... I'm definitely with Craig. I think this is one that can go the distance. Um, I think certainly extra time is a a good shout. Um, For me, if I was to pick a winner, I certainly would go more towards Sevilla. Um, I think recently Roma's form has has really dropped off a cliff. It's no win in seven for them. That's obviously in the league. Um, So they have been really poor, as I said, against Baylor Leverkusen. Probably a little bit fortunate to go through, as I said. They failed to register even a single shot on target in that second leg. Um, Meanwhile, Sevilla, you look at the way they've kind of had what they've had to do to get here, a very good Manchester United team, obviously quite emphatically beat them in the end. Um, they beat Juventus as well, obviously a side who have been better than Roma in, in the league this year. So they've kind of already shown that they've got the quality to go up here and, and, and beat Roma here. So um, I think this game could go, potentially go the distance. But uh, as I said, if I was to pick a winner, um, I would probably be going with Sevilla.
0: Now, Craig, when it comes to goals, under 2.5 is somewhat unsurprisingly priced at just 1-2. to 2. Is this because it's such a nailed on prospect or are you tempted to go against the grain at odds of 13-8 to 8 for over?
1: No, I'm not. No, certainly the under is where I will be going. Um, but I do appreciate that you know one to two is not the biggest out there, and there is sort of limited football at this stage in the season. So, as a general rule of thumb, I would say that normally we would talk about that one to two shot being one of the ACA picks, sort of Acca bankers as, as such for the next few days. But without too many options, um, rather than going the boring one to two, I'll offer nil nil after ninety minutes, which is available at five to one. Just sort of building on what I've said recently um, when we talked about this game, I just think this is a game where both teams are probably going to be too cautious for their own good. It's going to be a very cagey game. The number one priority for both teams will be to not lose this game. And I just think that's going to see us peter out and uh, and go the distance. And So, yeah, 0-0 nil, nil at 90 minutes if you want something bigger at 5-1. But if you do have any hacker picks, I think the 1-2 on under 2.5 goals is absolutely as close to nailed on, I think, as, as can be. Well,
0: Jamie, I guess Craig has offered an interesting curveball there because I was going to ask you about an anytime goal scorer, but a nil-nil bet at five to one. Are you even going to look at this market now? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tempting. As I said, I think the way we're going to see this this game, it's going to be two teams who are going to make it very difficult for the other to break them down. Um, but as I said, I do fancy Severe to kind of get a winner at some point. So I'm going to go with a, a Severe goal scorer. I'm going to go for Youssef Enesiri. Um He is their top scorer this season. He scored 14 times in total. Um, he scored against Juventus. Uh, he got a brace against Manchester United in the, um, in, the, in the quarterfinals as well. So he's been in good form and uh, I, I can see him getting on the score sheet. So Youssef Enesiri um, at 7 to 4 uh, would be my pick here.
0: Okay, then there are cup finals both north and south of the UK border. So let's take a quick trip to Scotland. A Celtic face championship outfit in Vanessa on Saturday. Now, Craig, the hoops are as short as 1 to 8 to complete the treble. At the weekend, so would a win, but both teams to score odds of six to four be of more interest to you? Um, no, I, what happened at the weekend with Celtic
1: sort of makes me think the opposite of, of what you've said, Dan. So I'm going to go with the opposite here, and I'm going to go with the Celtic win to nil, which is slightly odds on at five to six. Um, they've had a few weeks of sort of no pressure football, nothing to play for, waiting for this game in many ways, and Celtic haven't been their usual self during that period. Um, but I was impressed by how they got back sort of straight back at it when they played against Aberdeen, um, which came at the weekend and they won five nil there. And I just got the feeling that Celtic showed they've got the ability to just flick the switch back on. And because they can just flick that back on and they have done, I just think they'll be far too good here. Um so yeah, Celtic to win to nil will be where I'd go at five to six. I don't think Inverness
0: will have a sniff really. Okay, and Jamie, there's no doubt that Inverness have a free hit when it comes to this game. They may not lift mm. a trophy, but could you see the double-chance market being used as a 5-1? Let's say the game goes to extra time, Inverness then gallantly lose either that or on penalties. Is that something that you can see?
2: Yeah, I think with this one, it looks like it's probably going to be one of the most one-sided cup finals uh, we've seen for a while. Um, so I'm not quite sure about the double-chance market. Um, I think if you do fancy a bit of uh, Inverness resistance, uh, maybe the half-time, full-time market, market might be a better shout uh, you can get a draw at half-time, and then Celtic to eventually come out on top at full-time odds of 3-1. to one. Um, So that could potentially be a, a, a fairly decent shout, but uh, I, th- I think this should be a fairly straightforward uh, Celtic win here.
0: OK, let's stay in Scotland, because we also have a relegation promotion playoff between Partick and Ross County. The first of two legs is this week. So, Craig, in this instance, it's not like the English playoffs, where it's four teams that are pushing for promotion, you've got this kind of extra trapdoor element as well. So do you back the team with the momentum, that being the the league below, or are you backing the team which is actually fighting to avoid the drop? Yeah, I think there's a case can be made for both and
1: you probably have to look sort of individually each year at it. But in this instance here, you've certainly got to go with momentum because of just how well Partick have played recently. This is not just regular playing well to get to a certain situation. This is them playing absolutely brilliantly. Um, They end up fourth in the championship, but since then they've won two games that have both been played over two legs. Um, So like four games in theory. They've won with aggregate scorelines of 8-3 and Um, 8-0. That's just not regular form. That's well over and above regular form. And you can only imagine how much the club are excited for this. Um, The place should be absolutely buzzing for the first leg on Thursday night. I think playing at home first isn't the best scenario, but at the same time, Given the momentum they're bringing into this game, they're going to have to win the home leg. So why not just do it first and get up, get on the board, and then just try, try and go away from home and, and finish the job off? Um, I, I do actually think they'll win the first leg as well here, uh, which should set Sunday up brilliantly. Really, um, I suppose it just depends by how many goals they actually win by. But yeah, really, really sort of excited to see how this works. And I, like I said, can't fault the momentum and the, the form that Partick
0: bring into this game. Now, Jamie, there's one thing to consider here, though, is that Partick have already played four playoff encounters, as Craig said, so it's a much more lopsided format. Ross County have only got to play two matches. So, are Partick going to run out of puff? They have torn apart both Queen's Park and Air beforehand, 16 goals in four matches. Are you tempted by the first leg home advantage, which has now dropped to 5-4? to four?
2: Yeah, look, I I do. I think I've got pretty much the same notes as Craig here in terms of I think the momentum's going to stand them in good stead. Obviously, getting those big four wins um, and and playing very well, obviously dominating those games too. Um, Ross County, I think, you know, in terms of being rested, I don't think they've been particularly well rested themselves. Um, This will be their third game in eight days. So in terms of uh, maybe a a bit of fatigue from having played so many games, I think it's going to be the the, the same case for both teams. So um, I think the momentum, as we mentioned, will will stand Partick and Goodstead here. Uh, They've won 10 of their 18 home matches this season. Uh, Then you look at Ross County on their travels. It's been a tricky season. They've lost 12 of their 19 games on the road. So, um, yeah, I think kind of everything points towards a Partick win here. And, uh, yeah, that's who I'm going to go with.
0: OK, then, now it's time to go bet building once again. And it's one that sees us up for the cup as we go to Wembley for the Manchester Derby Cup final. So, Craig, this week, as always, I'd like an anytime time goal scorer up from you, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a, a
1: bit of a value pick here, and that means staying away from Manchester City. Um, Marcus Rashford is the player that I'm going to go with because I, I do think, sort of, regardless of this outcome, Manchester United will get on the score sheet at some point. Um, he's their, their main man, a player who's delivered in big games before, And then I'm going to back him to do so again here. He scored in the EFL final um, at Wembley against Newcastle when Manchester United lifted the first piece of silverware this season. Uh, Didn't score on the final day, but did score against Chelsea a couple of days before that. And I just think that if Manchester United are to have any chance of winning here, then he needs to come on the top of his game. He knows that. He knows he's the main man. Um, And I just think... At three to one I think he's a, a bit of a big price. So yeah, Marcus Rashford to score any time for me.
0: A big start there, Jamie. What have you got on the over under goals?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna make it slightly difficult for you too in terms of picking the goal scorers, because I, I think this is gonna be a low scoring game actually. And um I, I, I am obviously this is where my notes do differ a little bit. I think City will kind of have a fairly easy victory here in terms of they're not going to have to expend themselves too much to get the job done. Um, I, say, I think I'll kind of say what I think the score will actually be a bit later on. But uh, as I said, I think they'll have a fairly easy win here uh, for United. There's no Martial, no uh, no Anthony, no Lissandro Martinez. So, that's obviously a big blow for them. Their Veckels will probably have to start here with with some of the attackers that they are missing. So, um, yeah, I think United are going to offer a little threat here and I do think City will not have to do too much to win here. So, uh, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals.
0: Okay, there's not a lot of wiggle room for me to deal with, but there's enough. So, I'm going to go with Kevin De Bruyne to make at least one assist. Now, the Belgian midfielder has once again had an impressive season at the Etihad and has the ability to put the ball on a plate for the likes of Erling Haaland. That ability has seen him record 28 assists in all competitions this season. And I see no reason why he cannot torment his cross-town rivals with number 29 or more at Wembley. Which means the third and final pick of De Bruyne to make at least one assist is priced at 13-8. to eight. Okay then, let's just recap our three picks. So Craig has gone for Marcus Rashford to score in 90 minutes. Jamie's gone for under 2.5 total goals. And I've gone for Kevin De Bruyne to make at least one assist. Now, this one is a big one. The biggest one yet we've ever had... Odds of 110 to 1, which means £10 on the betting slip, £1,100 in your back pocket if it comes good. That's going to set up the summer holiday very nicely. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. And Craig, is this the game where City grab hold of the second part of this season's treble? Or will their neighbours throw a spanner in the works? Yeah,
1: obviously I've just put Marcus Rashford up as the pick to score any time in the bet builder. But I do think that this is a game that... Manchester City will eventually win, um, I say eventually because my pick here is that the game will be a draw after ninety minutes um, that's available at fifteen to four, which is almost four to one and I think that's the value in the, on the day when you look at the odds on offer. I think maybe Manchester United I would want them slightly bigger and I think Manchester City are a little bit too short um United arrive on the back of of what can only be described as a, a good ending into this to the league campaign um city arrive looking to get back to their best after taking the foot off the gas and and making numerous changes over the past couple of weeks. I think that brings the teams slightly closer together than the betting suggests. Um, Just sort of for something, if anybody wants a bit of interest at double figures, just alongside the draw after 90 minutes, I'm going to go with Manchester City to win in extra time, uh, which is 10-1. to And I just think that they're going to have the far better options off the bench uh, for those latter minutes as the game sort of goes deep. And I think that's going to cause Manchester United a lot of problems. So I could see City sort of freshening up towards the the end of the second half, going into extra time with the fresher legs and nicking a goal there. Uh, But yeah, I fancy a draw for 90 minutes, but then City to nick it.
0: Now, Jamie, if we look at United's league form, they did win each of the last four league outings and finished third in the Premier League table. So will they be arriving at Wembley with some form of confidence behind them?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I think this is a very different challenge. Though, obviously, the last four games they played were Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Fulham um, in their final four, and uh, I think they're coming to this one knowing that it's going to. They're facing a Manchester City side who are almost unstoppable at the moment. I mean, they're just incredible how they managed to catch Arsenal. Um, You know, everyone kind of spoke about the way, you know, the mentality of Arsenal and maybe the way they crumbled, but. I think it was mostly to do with how good and how mentally tough Man City were. And it was just incredible that the run they went on. And um, I think United, as I mentioned as well, you know, some of the players they are missing. They're missing some key players going into this one, United. And they'll know they would have needed to be at full strength to have any chance. And. Um, Yeah, I just think that Man City are going to be too strong here. I think Man United know that. So, uh, yeah, as much as it's obviously an exciting Manchester Cup final, uh, I think it's going to be pretty one-sided, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I think Man United will come into this one, obviously in good form, but uh, knowing that they're facing a very strong Man City side.
0: Now, Craig, in terms of United's season, if they do win a domestic cup double, do we have to say it then becomes a rather impressive campaign for Eric ten Hag, especially in his debut season in English football?
1: Yeah, I think it does, yeah. Um, I think if they lose this game, then it's a season that would sort of be classed as maybe highly encouraging for them. Um, a win here would obviously see it as, a, as an impressive season, yeah, without a doubt. I still think they're some way off being title challengers, like genuine title challengers, and they have you know, spent some wild money on players that maybe haven't quite delivered yet. But I do think they've got a good coach. Um, I do think they're adding to the squad, and, and some of the signings have worked well. Um, they've got away from the Cristiano Ronaldo distraction, which I think was a big thing to do this season. And, you know, they're going to end with at least one piece of silverware. I'm not sort of saying that Manchester United are back, but what I would say is that the platform that they've created this season to take into the summer and build on is probably the best platform they've had for a few years now. And seemingly a manager who wants to stay at the club and the club wants to stay as well. Which, again, there's always been that question mark over the manager in the past. I think they've got over that now. So, yeah, I think they're in probably the best position they've been for years. Um, and that could obviously be a lot better come whatever time
0: on Saturday night if they do happen to lift the FA Cup. Now, Jamie, in terms of City personnel, we've seen the changes run as of late. Now, there is the small matter of a Champions League final the following week. So, how strong do you reckon Pep goes for this one?
2: Mm, yeah, we'll look, at I think Pep will have learned from previous years of overthinking everything and maybe looking to make lots of changes. Maybe in this game, if he had had the same circumstances where he's playing an FA Cup final and then Champions League final, maybe in previous years, we might have seen him rest a couple. But um, I I think he's going to go full strength here for both games. Um, I think maybe we'll see one or two changes in the Champions League final. But uh, look, ultimately, I think he's going to go full strength here. Um, He's got a chance to do something completely historic. And I think he, he knows that fully well. So, uh, I think he's going to give himself every every chance of winning both games and uh, I think we'll see a full-strength team for for both matches.
0: Now, Craig, if you're looking at this from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see this one panning out at Wembley?
1: Yeah, again, I'm sort of going with the value, really, and, and looking at the betting you know, odds to help me take the pick. But it's uh, Manchester United to be winning at half-time and a draw at full-time, and that's available at 16-1. to And I, I just think if there is a way to get Manchester City, and if there is a way for Manchester United to, to genuinely have a go at this game, I think it might well be early, um, causing them early problems while City sort of settle back into things and, and get their first 11 back on their feet and rolling. Um, so, yeah, maybe Manchester United to score in the first half as the game goes more on and City sort of settle back into it. They've got the rhythm again um, and they've got better options on the bench. Then I, I can definitely see them getting back into it and scoring in the second half. So, yeah... Um,
0: United to be winning at half-time, a draw at full-time, 16-1 to for a bit of interest. Now, Jamie, we've seen a lot of extra time at Wembley this past week. Are you buying mm. into even more or are you not having that?
2: Unfortunately, I'm not. I would love to kind of have a really exciting game. And uh, look, I hope Craig's right in terms of the way the game plays out. I want to see an exciting cup final, but uh, unfortunately, as I mentioned, I think it's going to be fairly straightforward for Man City here. Um, Again, United just missing some key players and some key players that are going to make it very difficult for them. I think, you know, attacking wise, um, you know, not having a likes of Anthony um, and also other, and Anthony Martial is another player who's missing as well. So that's going to really force them to, you know, make some changes in attack. I think Horse is, is probably going to be a player that's going to start. So I think it's going to be a very tricky ask for Man United to get anything here. And uh, as I said, I do think this will be a fairly sh- straightforward uh, Manchester City win.
0: OK, then it's time for our long shot, Akka. We go anywhere in the world, but this week I'm changing the rules. You can have anything more than evens as I'm feeling slightly generous. So, Craig, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm continuing to
1: uh, nail my colours to the mast in the FA Cup final and it's going to be a draw after 90 minutes, Um, Manchester City and Manchester United. It's available at 15-4 and I just think that Manchester United can hold with City for for part of this game. Um, Ultimately, I do think City will come out on top later but in terms of this bet, after 90 minutes, I do think the game will be a draw. Um, I think it's a one-off game at Wembley, there's a lot to play for and while City have got the better team, that you know, they have had the foot off the gas for the couple of weeks. And, and I just think that they've just got a sneaky feeling Manchester United might be able to take advantage of that um, and, and get something from the game, ultimately not win. But I do think they can take it the distance. So, yeah, it's going to be a draw between Manchester City and Manchester United for me in the FA Cup final.
0: Fantastic. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve?
2: Yeah, look... Up- Obviously, firstly, I've got to say a big thank you to Brentford for the last two weeks and kind of um, getting me over the line in this uh, in this case, obviously beating Spurs and Manchester City. Um, obviously, they're not playing this week. There is still very much football in Italy, though, and uh, some big action at the bottom of the table. Um, and I'm going to go for Spezia to draw with Roma at 5-2. to two. Uh, Spezia, they're fighting for survival, um, and they just need to kind of equal Verona's result, and they're away at AC Milan. That's going to be a tough game for them. Um, Roma coming to this one in, in pretty poor uh, the are winless in seven matches as I mentioned earlier in the show um, meanwhile Spezia they've obviously had some interesting results they managed to actually defeat AC Milan uh, three games ago they also got a draw with Le- uh, Lecce so some interesting results for them so uh, I think they can get a result here um, they're going to go for a draw at 5-2 to two.
0: Yeah, actually, you mentioned Brentford. I forgot to reference that. I know we sort of win as a team and lose as a team, but our long shot acker last week, after getting ninety ninety one 91 the week before, we got two legs out of three correct. So we nearly landed the 40-1 to shot as well. But anyway, I don't guess. All right, guess. Dan.
1: All right, and we
0: we're all lost as well. Don't we? <laughs> well, no, I said we win as a team, lose as a I, did, I didn't sort of name any names. So anyway, I digress because we're off to the Scottish Premiership playoff between Partick and Ross County. It's over two legs, but I think Partick may well try and wrap this up before a trip to Dingwall even is taking place on Sunday. Because after Partick have scored sixteen goals in the playoff quarters and semis, that's an average of four goals a game. And with Ross County having failed to win any of their last three league outings, the balance of power looks like it could well be with Chris Doonan's men, and that's why I'm backing the first leg home win odds of five to four. And, of course, check out FreeBets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more topics now. And with three teams being relegated out of the Premier League, none of them have got a manager at the moment. So, first up, we go to Leeds. And, Craig, could this be the perfect vehicle for Steven Gerrard to return to coaching odds of 4-1? Yeah, I think sort of the first thing that I
1: will say is that I think this is the ideal job for Gerrard to get back into management. It's not a scrap at the bottom of the Premier League. It's a job where he can and should do well. He should have a team that wins more than they lose, plays good attacking football. And yeah, you know, there's going to be expectations on Leeds to bounce straight back next season. But at the same time, there'll also be a realisation that the Championship looks incredibly tough next season. And back to the Premier League, you know, there's no foregone conclusion for any of the three teams that have come down. Whether Leeds actually get him remains to be seen, though, because they need to actually sort out who's going to be steering the ship at Leeds, really, and, and making the decisions. And... Um, Changes in the boardroom sort of appearing on the horizon, but there's a lot of clouds around them at the moment. If that's all sorted and there's a plan of attack going forward, then I think Stephen Gerrard would do very well at Leeds. But it just wouldn't surprise me if there's delays and complications around who's going to be appointed because of what's going off in the boardroom. So they maybe uh, miss out and Gerrard goes elsewhere. But but if he does go or to another similar club in a similar position in the Championship... I do think it's the, the ideal job for Gerard to get back into
0: management. Now, Jamie, 4-1 to one is roughly the same price you can get for Sam Allardyce at present. So he did nowhere near enough to keep Leeds in the Premier League. Has he done enough to warrant being given the job on a full-time basis?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd be very surprised if he was because, I mean, it was obviously a very poor attempt to try to keep them up. I mean, it, I, th- I think we all knew it was going to be very difficult anyway. So it was obviously harsh to kind of um, go in too hard on him. But yeah, it was very poor attempt. Um, I think his setup up against Spurs was quite surprising. I think they were set up with a five-four-one against the Spurs side who, you know, they're there for the taking almost. I mean, I really kind of like the look of them in, in maybe a long shot for Leeds to beat Spurs, but I think it was a really poor attempt. They kind of sat deep and you know, and as I said, there's a Spurs team that conceded 60 times in the league this season. They were there to be got at and they just kind of failed to, to do that. And um, yeah, obviously he failed himself to win any of those four matches. Um, so yeah I don't think that he'll be given the job uh, Carlos Coviran probably is the guy to look at the moment um, obviously did a very good job at Huddersfield um, I think he's doing well at West Brom as well so they would need to try and tempt him away from there but I think the Leeds job should be one that's, that's quite attractive so that could be interesting to see whether that happens um, another interesting name might be Marcelo Gallardo. obviously um, he's looking to work in Europe and uh, this could be an interesting step for him um, obviously very similar to Bielsa and and. and uh, that could certainly get the fans back on the side if they were to get a manager of the similar ilk. So that could be an interesting end to keep an eye on. But uh, Carlos Kabirin probably looks like he might be the next Leeds manager, in my opinion.
0: Now, Craig, as far as Southampton are concerned, it's Russell Martin who is set to take over. One to three with most markets. You are the EFL man on the ground. Will he become a good fit for the Saints next season?
1: Yeah, um, I think it would be a very, very good appointment. And I've actually gone and dug out a few stats to to try to back this up and just try to explain to Southampton fans what they're actually in for if if they do appoint uh, Russell Martin. And the first thing to say is get ready to see your team pass the ball a hell of a lot because that is what Russell Martin's about. Um, unfortunately, the stats for the season that's just ended aren't available yet. So I'm going to have to go back a year. And that's actually the last time that I saw... Martin sort of Swansea play live under under Russell Martin. Um they were top of the championship for the number of passes made that season by almost 2000 passes to the next team. So they were well clear of anyone. But they were also top of the stats for passing accuracy as well. So if you think about that if you're making the most passes but are also remaining the most accurate on those it shows exactly what Swansea were about. And I remember it ever so well because it was the most boring, dullest game of football I've seen in a long time. Very small, simple passes, keeping the ball with ease, not really trying to break down the opposition, happy to to pass it along the back four um, numerous times before eventually going down the wing somewhere. And, you know, I, I remember it well down at Oakwell. I remember what happened. And I actually went further and got the stats up from that game. Um, Swansea were the away side when they came down here. We were terrible. We were that season in the Championship. Swansea had 80% of the ball away from home. Swansea made 896 passes in that game compared to 230 by Barnsley. Um, all of that, I've said, wasn't a one-off. That's what that's what Swansea did that season. He's, he's what I would describe as a possession freak, I think. Um, very slow build-up, very patient, very simple. Uh, few passes that are trying to break the lines and actually get in behind teams. And you're going to have to be prepared to watch that, and it's not the best thing to watch in the world. But at the same time, I do think Southampton are going to see quite a few changes this summer. And assuming Russell Martin goes in fairly soon, he should be able to influence those and get the type of player that he wants. And assuming that happens, then you would have to think that that Southampton are going to be fairly good under Martin. I, I think he's I think he's a decent manager. I don't think he's the best football to watch in the world. I think it's a bit too cautious at sometimes. But if he's got the right players in the right positions,
0: then then it could work very well for them, yeah. We'll watch his space at St Mary's. We'll also have to watch his space at the King Power because, Jamie, Dean Smith is yet to have a discussion regarding the Leicester job on a full-time basis. Do you think the Foxes will stick with him and his championship experience, or do you reckon they go Mm -hmm. in a different direction?
2: No, i think this is one the way they will stick with their manager here i think this could be a fairly good fit for them um i think he did an okay job with with leicester in terms of trying to keep them up i think it was always going to be a very difficult challenge i mean yes i think their squad was far too good to go down but i just think the way that the football club had been going obviously a very difficult transfer window uh, going into the season it was always going to be a pretty disastrous season so Uh, As I said, very very difficult job on his hands. Um, But look, you're right. Obviously, had has a good experience in in this division. Obviously, did a very good job with Aston Villa as well, and uh, you know would be a very similar job to kind of bring a uh, you know a Leicester side back up to the Premier League like he did with Villa. So that would be an interesting fit. Obviously, he knows going to know most of the team. Uh, he knows kind of the setup at the club. So, uh, yeah, I think this could be the right fit for, for Leicester and uh, himself. So, I think this, this one will be one where Dean Smith will stay at Leicester.
0: Now, as for Tottenham, they are still without a manager and the options are starting to run really thin. So, Craig, does Brendan Rodgers, at odds of 3-1, to one, suddenly offer some decent value in this market? Yeah, I mean, Brendan
1: Rodgers wouldn't be my pick, personally. I, I do think that he needs to maybe slightly rebuild his reputation a little before he goes to somewhere like Tottenham or somewhere as, as big as that um, but as you say you know options are limited the only thing that I would say about this is if Tottenham do appoint Brendan Rodgers the fans and the players at the club will all know like where was he on that list he definitely wasn't the first choice definitely wasn't the second choice or the third you know he's, they're going down the list and they're having to make do with whoever's further down that list um, but someone's got to take the job on so, someone's gonna to have to manage Tottenham and um, what I do, is, I think the person that you're about to ask Jamie about would be fascinating to see in the Premier League. So I'm not going to say any more, and I'm going to let Jamie talk, talk to them about this person. But yeah, if you would have asked me, then I think that the, the next person up is a, a very fascinating appointment for any Premier
0: League club. OK, and Jamie, it's the perfect assist for you because it's Big Ange. Let's say he does the treble with Celtic on Saturday. Do you reckon it could be the idle time for the Australian to move on from Glasgow?
2: Yeah, I think this one would be a very interesting appointment. Um, I'm not. Comp- i completely against it. Um, I know a lot of Spurs fans are, are kind of are. Um, look, for me, I think he plays very good football. Um, obviously, his Celtic team have been very attacking and that's something that Spurs fans are obviously looking for. They've scored a lot of goals in, in the league this year, so that's going to be very interesting. But yeah, it's kind of how that transition to Premier League football will work. I mean, look, obviously, defenders are going to be a lot better in this league. So, you know, will he have that, you know, is he going to have that ability to be able to have his teams attacking like he does with Celtic? Um, and obviously with Celtic, they kind of are expected to be in and around the top anyway. So it's, it's going to be an interesting one if it does get done. Um, I know that they have held talks uh, recently as well. So that's very interesting. Um, I know Daniel Levy was very impressed by him and has been impressed by his football side as well. Uh, Scott Munn, who was recently appointed at Spurs as technical director. He's um, obviously fellow countryman with Ange as well. So that could be interesting as well in terms of wanting him at Spurs. But yeah, I think it's just a question question of whether, you know, his football can translate into the Premier League. But uh, look, for me, I'm not completely against it. As I said, I think he's, you know, he's done very well at Celtic in terms of also getting fans back on side, and you really see the connection that he's got there. Um, That's something that's very much needed at Spurs. And uh, again, it's it's so difficult to know whether he's going to be able to make that step up. So uh, I think Craig's totally right. I think it's going to be a very interesting appointment if it does get done. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see. I think another one to maybe keep an eye on is Ruben Amarim, um, obviously a young sporting manager. I think he's done very well there. I think his odds are still pretty long as well, so that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on, but uh, Poster certainly looks like he, he could be next Spurs manager at the moment, and uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, talks this morning um, in the press that he does look like he has been very strongly linked with the Spurs job, Poster Koglu. So, uh, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on.
0: Okay, then, Craig, let's stay in the capital because Crystal Palace are yet to make an announcement regarding their next boss. Roy Hodgson is 11 to 8 to be back in charge at the start of the 23 24 campaign. Would the fear be that if Roy's in from the start of the campaign, that free flowing football that we've recently seen would soon revert to type?
1: Yeah, I think there's always the fear of that. You know, if you look at Roy Hodgson, he was, he's brought in to specifically steady the ship and steer the club away from the relegation zone. And that's exactly what he did. and To be honest, he did it better than I thought he would. You know, we were talking about Crystal Palace potentially being in the relegation battle. He did it better than most people would. Most people thought he would. Um, But planning and managing for a full season is completely different. I think he's, I would say he's he's earned another job um, if he wants it. If if Roy Hodgson goes to Crystal Palace and says, I would like to stay here and, and manage next season, I think he's earned the right to do that. Now, actually, whether it worked remains to be seen. Um, but I do think Crystal Palace should probably give him the decency of, of allowing him to take charge next season if that's what he wants. Um, what I would say, sort of as a side note to it all, we've just spoke about Brendan Rogers and Tottenham. And I would say that if Rogers does move on, I think this is the kind of job where Brendan Rogers could go in and, and slightly rebuild his reputation somewhere rather than going to a bigger club with more expectations. Um, I just think this would be the ideal place for Rogers to. To maybe slot back in but if as i said if roy hodgson wants to stay there i think the decent thing for palace to do is to let him have a crack
0: at it now jamie another man who is certainly going to be linked with plenty of jobs across the summer and beyond is graham potter seven to one for a premier league return with crystal palace could this be the ideal club for him to return to management
2: mm-hmm. yeah well look obviously the other club that he was been linked with was nice in france and uh, i wasn't too sure about that one for him personally because I think he should be managing the Premier League. I think he is still a fantastic manager. Um, look, Chelsea was clearly not the right club for him in terms of, obviously, big expectations there. I think the situation there was very difficult with new ownership. Obviously, lots of new players they have had lots of injuries as well this season, Chelsea. So, I still think he's a fantastic manager. Yeah. And if Crystal Palace have any kind of shot at at getting him, I think they have to do it. Um, As I said, I still think he's a brilliant manager. Um, And I I think he can be finally the manager that starts moving them up the table. I mean, obviously, they've been in and around mid-table. I think they've got the capacity to kind of do what Brighton are doing and do what Brentford are doing in terms of pushing um, for those European spots. I think they are a club that that are good enough to do that. I think maybe the only concern with Graham Potter um, and maybe why I'm a bit cautious about having him at Spurs is his his lack of goals from his teams. Um, So that's obviously a bit of a concern. But I do think he is a brilliant coach. I think, you know, in terms of bettering players, getting the most out of younger guys as well. So, uh, yeah, I think if Palace have any, any shot at this, I think this would be a fantastic appointment for them.
0: Yeah, in theory, it looks great. The only fear I would have is his Brighton connection. You know, would he want to go to Palace so soon? I know it's kind of been Chelsea in the middle, but I don't know, Premier League management. We've seen Potts go from Tottenham to Chelsea. I know it took sort of, what, four years to get there, but kind of that loyalty apron string is kind of cut quite quickly so 7-1 to one doesn't look a bad price at the moment but I want some correct scores now and I want them from the FA Cup final so a bit different the outcome's still spot on please but not anywhere in the world we're going to Wembley so Craig you're up first what have you got for me
1: yeah sticking with the the theme that I've been sort of banging on about throughout this podcast I'm going to go with Manchester City 1 Manchester United 1 after 90 minutes which is available at 8-1 to one. Um, I do think this will be a draw after 90 minutes I think City will win in extra time but yeah 1-1. I can see United scoring and then City pegging them back later on. Um, so, yeah, 8-1
0: for me, 1-1. And, Jamie, what crep score are you hoping for at Wembley?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for a straightforward Manchester City uh, 2-0 win. Um, as I said, I think this is going to be fairly easy for them. Um, I know it's obviously a bit of a surprise saying that, given the way that Man United have been playing. But uh, I think missing some key players like Anthony... No, Martial as well is going to be big for them. So, yeah, I, I think City are going to fairly fairly straightforward win this one. And uh, I'm going to think they'll do it 2-0 at 7-1.
0: And, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's go on a quick European tour. And first up, we're off to Italy. The top four is all sorted. The bottom three is definitely not. And this is where it gets really interesting. Spezia and Verona are on the same points in 17th and 18th. And if it stays that way, there'll be a relegation playoff. This means a better result means that team stays up. Craig, Verona are off to the San Siro and, and AC Milan side, they're back in the Champions League. So, can they take advantage of this fact or is it the home win or it's 8-11? Yeah,
1: um, AC Milan, they've, they've secured the top four. So, essentially, have nothing to play for. Um, but I've been really impressed with how they've ended the season. They've got over the line. You know, there's a game to spare. And I think they're going to continue that. They, the way that AC Milan was sort of doing good in Europe, they, but then they were dumped out. They didn't play very well, but on top of that, they were dumped out by the rivals. So the fact that they've ended the season well, I think is a testament to their character, really, and, and sort of get, gives it a bit more worth, in my opinion. Um, so so I do think AC Milan are going to continue that. I think they'll, they'll win this one. Um, Spezia, as we've sort, we've sort of already touched on that game, in the long shot with, with Jamie back in the draw, um, I think they stay up on the final day and I think Verona
0: go down and, and part of that reason is because I think AC Milan win this game. Now, Jamie, as Craig's just mentioned, you just mentioned earlier in the show that you think it's going to be a Roma special draw. Mm-hmm. Can I tempt you at all with the visitors pulling off a shock win at odds of 11-4? to
2: yeah, I don't see any reason why not. I think, as I mentioned, Roma, they're coming to this one really poor form. No win in seven. So you can see maybe another upset here. Obviously, Spezia are really going to be pushing to, to get the win here. Um, but look, I, I do think Verona will end up losing at Milan. I do agree there with Craig. So, you know, even if they were to get a draw, I think, you know, it's obviously going to be enough. Uh, for Spezia, but uh, yeah, as I said, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of an upset here. I think Spezia can get something. in. Uh, they're pushing against the Roma side who have been really struggling. So uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to stick with the draw though. I don't think there's going to be quite enough. Um, for them to get the win. Uh, they've just won six times all season, so it's not been great form for them. I don't see them going away to Roma and winning, but uh, I do think they can get something because Roma just have been so poor this uh, in the, over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go for a draw here.
0: Okay, there's also relegation drama in France. Now, Craig, there are two points clear of Nantes, but play at home to so second place, Lons. Is this going to be the away win out of 29 to 20? Yeah, for me, I think this is where the drama could really take place, Dan. Um, Auxerre have drawn
1: three of the last six games, and they weren't far off drawing the three that they lost, actually. Um, they lost that by one goal each time, and that includes a game where they, they pushed PSG but didn't quite get anything. Um, I think they can get a draw here against uh, a decent Lens side, um, but the drama's going to come because I don't actually think that'll be enough for them to stay up. Um, I think they're going to end up going down on goal difference here with Nantes leaping over them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the bottom of the French League is definitely one
0: to keep an eye on this weekend. This is it, Jamie, because to make things even more interesting, Nantes play host to an Angers side who are bottom of the table mm-hmm. by a massive distance. They're already cast adrift. So does this mean a home win at odds of one to three could compete the great escape?
2: Yeah, I think it will do because look, Lons are going to be a tricky task for Auxerre, there. Um, and I can certainly see them maybe slipping up Auxerre and, and not getting all three points. I think a draw, um, uh, you know, if Nantes were to win, it's not going to be enough, uh, even a draw for Auxerre. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be really interesting to kind of keep an eye on over the weekend. Who's going to stay up? But, uh, you know, Angers, they've lost five of the last seven games. So I think Nantes, they should be very confident to come in and win in this one. So, uh, yeah, I think we could see a case where Nantes are going to jump out of the relegation spots. And uh, I think they should be safe.
0: And we shouldn't forget a trip to Spain either. All sorts of relegation drama here. Six clubs attempting to avoid one relegation berth. A six-pointer between Real Valladolid and Getafe. Craig, who, if anyone, comes out on top here?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely crackers in Spain that so many teams are still involved. Um, But I don't actually think there's going to be much drama, really, because for me, Getafe have hit form at just the right moment. One loss in five, and that came against Real Madrid. Uh, Three wins and a draw in the other games during that period. And they may only get a point here. Um, but to me, that's enough to keep them up. Um, the incredibly poor goal difference, uh, should that happen, sort of means that Valladolid will be on their way down to uh, the
0: second tier in Spain. But yeah, it looks like it could be very dramatic, but I don't actually think it will be in Spain. Now, finally, Jamie, Celta Vigo have the trickiest task of all, at least on paper. They are 17th, but they welcome Barcelona. So... A couple of weeks back, I referenced that Barcelona could down tall. So they did against Real Sociedad at home. They beat New Yorker last week. So you don't know which Barcelona mm. is going to turn up. Could a home win and safety be recorded odds of 17 to 10? I,
2: I, I don't think so. I, th- I think that Celta Vigo probably won't won't get anything from this game. Um, you know, they have been really poor form. And this is exactly why they are near the bottom. It's five defeats and six for them. Um, so there is obviously the possibility of Maybe a bit of an upset, just because, as you mentioned there, with Barcelona, obviously, their season is done. They are league champions. Celta Vigo, they're still very much fighting for survival. But uh, I just think the former Celta Vigo is not quite good enough. We saw Barcelona bounce back with a win on on the weekend. And uh, I think it'll probably be another win here. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be bad news for Celta Vigo. But as we said, I I think other results might go their way as well. And uh, I think they will end up being safe. But, uh, yeah, don't think they're going to get anything from this one, unfortunately, for them.
0: Okay, it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an ACA. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's Italy for me on the final day of the season. And it's
1: AC Milan to beat Verona, which is available at five to six. Um, It it is a bit of a risk here, going with a team that's got nothing to play for against a team with it all to play for. Um, But I've just got to side with AC Milan in this one. They had a, a bad run in the league and that was sort of coupled with being knocked out of the Champions League at the semi-final stage by Inter. Um, but the way they've bounced back has been really, very impressive, I think. Um, they've done it in good style and they're ending the season well. They've won the last two games. They've won three out of the last four. Just a blip away at Spezia in between. Um, Verona have got it all to do. And despite that, though, I do think that AC Milan are going to hold firm. They're going to end the season well, uh, use home advantage and get three points. So it's AC Milan to beat Verona 5-6 to six for me.
0: Solid start, Jamie. What have you got up your sleeve?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go back to Spain for my pick and I'm going to go for Real Madrid to beat uh, Athletic Bilbao at 19-20. Ni- to 20. Uh, Real Madrid, they've won three of their last four matches. Um, they're still looking to secure second place as well um, and I think they're at home against the Bilbao side who have been really poor recently. Um, they've lost five of their last seven matches and, uh, you know, they've dropped out the European spots and um, I think it's going to be another defeat here at 19-20. Uh, to 20.
0: Okay, I'm going to pivot back to Italy as Udinese play host to Juventus. And although the visitors are going to be in Europe next season, they can still upgrade their invite to the Europa League. So last week I mentioned Juve's 10-point deduction and how it was going to hamper their preparations for the visit of Milan. Max Allegri's men lost that game, but thankfully this encounter should be far easier. The hosts are in mid-table and have nothing to play for. Juventus will fancy their chances of snatching a top-six finish at the expense of Atlanta or Roma, and that's why I'm backing the away win odds of 10 to 11. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website, and now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much. mate. Um, Just as
1: while we've been recording there, so Two days after losing a playoff final, I've just, just seen when Barnsley's first pre-season game is next season. So, life comes at you fast, doesn't it? Um, but, yeah, thanks very much. Um, I'm looking forward to the FA Cup final. And I can't wait next week because we've got the Champions League final to talk about. And West Ham in Europe as well. So, there's not that much football, but there's plenty of big football. Absolutely.
0: Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Yeah, I've just seen when Spurs' first pre-season game is and I'm very sad again. So, um, yeah, not looking forward to that coming around again. Jamie, I'll have you a pound
1: that yours is not away at works uptown like mine.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So, um, yeah, not looking forward to seeing Spurs again. But look, obviously lots of exciting cup finals to look forward to this weekend. Um, As we mentioned, some interesting battles at the bottom in France and Spain um, and obviously Italy as well. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. Um, And uh, yeah, just glad there's no more Tottenham.
0: Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs)